Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. So we're going to start a series this morning, and I'm going to title it this, Devil, You're Not Going to Steal My Stuff. Amen. I mean, the devil, he'll try and come get your healing. He'll try and come get your finances, your peace, your joy, whatever it is, your marriage. But I'm telling you, there are ways we can learn in the Word of God to secure the victory of God on the inside of us, to rise up in the authority that God's given us in Christ, and to just tell the devil, you can't have it. It's mine. It belongs to me. God gave it to me. Jesus purchased it for me. I have it. It's mine in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I listed some things here. What what, what do you mean by your stuff? Well, first of all, we're going to start with salvation. You say, why salvation? Because many times the enemy, once you get born again, he'll try to come into your mind make you think you're not saved. But I'm telling you, we are born again. Not by works of righteousness we perform, but by His mercy He has saved us. Thank God for salvation. Not only that, the Holy Ghost. And when I say the Holy Ghost, I mean the anointing that's upon your life. Amen. Not, not just an anointing to come and, and, and participate in a church service or doing what God's called you to do. But I'm telling you, there, there are men and women that are anointed in this church to teach in our educational system, to, 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 to be contractors, to be business owners, uh, to work in medicine. I mean, that, they're not natural employees. They're supernatural employees. There's an anointing to be a family, a mom, a dad, a child. There's an anointing to do all kinds of things. And I want you to know God wants that anointing growing in your life, not being uh, reduced in your life. Amen. Uh, Number three, our healing. Everybody say our healing. Our prosperity. Everybody say our prosperity. Our calling. Everybody say our calling. God wants every one of us. I don't want anyone in Island Church to lose their calling. Amen. I want every person to fulfill what God's called you to do. How about your mind? You don't want to lose your mind, do you? One of the best ways not to lose your mind is renew it with the Word of God. And I like this. I, was, I came to six and I was praying as I was just developing this series. And I said, Lord, I feel like there's another one. And it took me a little bit of prayer. And the Lord spoke to me the seventh one. You don't want to lose your reward. I said, you don't want to lose your reward. You mean, you mean, he said, what do you mean by that? God has a powerful reward for you for the service you do down here on earth, whether it be some, you know, out in front, great crusade minister, or whether you're just a faithful member of a powerful Holy Ghost church that's sending people all over the world to preach the gospel and doing its part to reach its community. Amen? Praise God. Now, to begin this, we're going to have to do a couple of things in order to help establish in you Uh, the reality uh, that God is a good God, God loves you, and nothing that you go through is God doing something to try to teach you something. Now, now I know, listen, when I get up and teach uh, teach along these lines, it goes very much against the grain of religion. Now, let me say it again. It goes very much against the grain of religion. You say, well, pastor, I'm of a religious background. I was taught that, that you know, if, if I get cancer or if I go through a bankruptcy or divorce, that that's some way that God is working in my life to try to bring out, uh, you know, some, uh, uh, some greater effect of piety or, or holiness. That's not true. Number one, it's not scriptural. We'll see that in the Word of God. Number two, I've never seen it work. You say, what do you mean by that? Where somebody went through some horrible thing and they came out on the other side with some great degree of holiness or piety. It doesn't work. 
Now, let's, let's begin in Lamentations. Lamentations, that's a, that's a book we don't go to a lot, but it's a good place to start. Lamentations, where am I at here? Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations, if you need, it's kind of hard to find. Right after Jeremiah, then we go into Lamentations. Amen. I'll give you a minute to pull it up on your computer. I've got to get me one of those computers still. I, I made the promise at somebody's conference and now they're holding me to it. <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3. Look there in verse, uh, verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Now go down to verse... Uh, what verse is that? 33. It says, For he doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. It is not God's will to harm or to hurt. It is his will to minister mercy, goodness, and compassion. One translation says it like this. He does not willingly affect, uh, afflict, punish, grieve, or cause sorrow in any way. Amen. Now, this is speaking of God. Now, go to Thessalonians, if you will. Go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, that's going to be all the way over in the New Testament there. 1 Thessalonians, which is, I believe, right after Colossians, or what is it, Timothy? Let me look. Colossians. I was right the first time. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, look there at verse 9. It says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, let me read you a couple of translations. It says, God did not choose us to condemn us. God has not destined us to the terror of judgment. Amen? Now, I think that many times... I've seen different doctrines of different denominations and the way they teach the Word of God. Remember this. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, that men and women of God might be perfect and thoroughly furnished. That word perfect is matured or perfectly furnished. Amen? And then if you look in uh, the same book in Timothy, the Bible says, Study to show yourself approved, a workman unto God, a rightly dividing. Everybody say rightly dividing. So there is a right division of Scripture. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you can't just... I heard somebody say one time, well, you can just take Scriptures out of the Bible and build anything you want to. No, you really can't. Not and convince people. You say, what do you mean by that? The, well, the Holy Ghost has got to be there in order to convince people of the reality of the Word of God. And when we declare that God is a good God, God does not want to make you sick. God does not want to take your money. God does not want to uh, harm your marriage. God does not want to harm your children. God does not want to do anything to you that's bad. Well, that lines up with John 10, 10. Where the Bible says it's the thief or the devil that comes, but not to steal, but not for to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it in abundance. Amen. Everybody say in abundance. in abundance. Come on, shout in abundance. in abundance. So that's the will of God for you is to have life or the God kind of life and to have it in abundance. Amen. Amen. Now, one more scripture. Let's go to the book of James. Go to the book of James. James chapter 1. Then just stay there in James and we'll get over to James chapter 4. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James is right after the book of Hebrews. 
James chapter 1, look there in verse 13. It says, Let no man when he is tempted, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Everybody say, any man. Now, let me read that in the Amplified. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, tried, or tested, I am tempted from God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil. Now listen to this. And he himself tempts no one. One translation says this. God himself puts no one through a trial. God himself tests no man. Amen. You say, well, I believe God tests us all the time. He does. He tests our faith. But he does not test us by putting evil or negative things on us. Listen, and if you're going to keep what God gives you, your salvation, your healing, your prosperity, your joy, your righteousness, all that God has for you, you're going to have to come to the conclusion, God is for me and not against me. I may make mistakes. I may have problems. I'm still renewing my mind. I may have issues. But here's the thing. Everything I get that's good and righteous and that's of the abundant life is of God. And I'm going to keep it because God's not doing anything in my life to harm me in any way. Amen. Amen. Now, with that in mind, let me just say this. There is an effort to keeping what God gives you. Now, let me say that again. There is an effort to keeping what God gives you, which means you're going to have to do something to keep it. Now, sometimes there is no effort to get what God wants you to have. Now, there may be many things in your life that are an effort for you to get from God. You have to use your faith, your confession, stand, rejoice. You have to be patient, wait on the Lord, till eventually what you're praying for and believing God for comes into your life. Amen. Now, you've, you, by that time, if you've really fought the fight of faith, you've, you've usually fought the fight of faith long enough and in such a severe fashion in that once you get it in your hands, there ain't no way the devil's going to get it out of your hands. Amen. But you'd be surprised how many people do. Now, there is that also which you can receive down at the altar, those, those suddenlies, those instantaneous manifestations of healing or blessing or whatever it is that God does in your life. Listen, you're going to have to guard that. You're going to have to keep that. You know, two illustrations in our own ministry over the years. One, uh, one in particular, the first uh, uh, revival meeting I ever preached was at Pastor Randy Ayers Church in Grosbeck, Texas. Now, on, a, on one of the night service, I forget which one it was. We went Sunday morning, uh, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. One of the night services, God was just flowing in that meeting. And the Lord showed me something by the Spirit, what the Bible calls in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a word of knowledge. Now, this is unusual. We're in the country. There are several ranchers that are in the auditorium, uh, several farmers, people that work in the agricultural industry. But I had this word of knowledge, and so I just gave it out. I said, now, I don't know what this means to anybody, but I said, someone here, you're in the ranching business, and over the past few years, you have had a terrible calf crop. Your cows will, uh, your bulls will do their job. Your cows will, will get pregnant, but your calves seem to die. You find them in the field dead. You find them, they get some disease. And it just, your calf crop is around, you know, 30 to 40 to 50%. Good years would be a 50% calf crop. Well, this man, way in the back, popped out, came all the way up to the, I'll never forget his name, was Brother Burleson. He came up to the front. He said, that's me. So I just went down, grass hands together with him. We prayed and agreed that he would have a 100% calf crop. Now, every time the pastor preached, every meeting they had, the Burleson family was in church. 
They tithed. They offered. They spoke the Word of God. They learned how to keep what God had given them through that suddenly that manifested down in the meeting in that revival. Now, I remember every year for years when I'd come back to Grosbeck, the first person to meet me in the, in the foyer would be this big old tall cowboy, Mr. Burleson. And he'd have a big smile on his face and he'd say, 100% calf crop. 100% calf crop. 100% calf crop. That went on for about three or four years. Then one day, I came walking in there on a Sunday morning to start a revival meeting. And there he stood and he had this look on his face. And I thought, huh. He said, you have a minute, I need to tell you a story. I said, okay. He said, I was riding in the pasture the other day and I found a dead calf. He said, I got off my horse and I said, in the name of Jesus. He said, Pastor Rusty, brother, I wasn't pastor at the time. He said, Brother Rusty ministered a word of knowledge from, from the Holy Ghost. And I've been standing on the Word of God for a 100% calf crop. And now the devil has come to steal one of my calves. I'm not going to stand for it. And he said, I don't even know why I was saying what I was saying. He said, I just got back on my horse and something down in here said, keep riding. He said, so I kept riding. And I kept riding. He said, all of a sudden it dawned on me, I need to find that mother to make sure she's okay. He said, I found that mother. And there that mother was licking on a newborn calf. That calf was a twin. He still had 100% calf crop. Amen. He's gone on to be with the Lord. His wife's gone on to be with the Lord. They're wonderful people. But in another service, two different services in the same church, one of them we had a powerful manifestation of healing. A woman, y'all have heard me tell the story many times, with cerebral palsy that had more equipment on her than I ever saw anybody have. She had leg braces. She had a brace from the waist up to the upper torso. Then she had a brace that kind of supported her neck. And she walked with these strange looking things. She just kind of drug herself like that. Well, one night in a meeting, the power of God was in manifestation. We had laid hands on her and I had turned to walk back down the line to begin to minister to other people. And I saw the crowd begin to rise up and begin to rejoice. And I looked over there and two ushers were helping her take all that gear off. And she started slowly walking up, up toward me, slowly walking. So I went and got her by the hand. And I walked her a little slower, a little faster, a little faster, a little faster, till we were both running all up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, rejoicing and thanking God. God had totally set that woman free. Now in the same church about maybe five or six years later, Lee and I were conducting a, what, they, what they call a watch night or a New Year's Eve service. And in that same service we had a man that had fallen into a pen of cattle. He worked at the stockyard. He fell into a pen of cattle. He fell on his face. The cattle uh, uh, stampeded and trampled, trampled him and broke every rib loose from his spine. Every rib was broken. I mean, as a miracle, he didn't die. He had punctured lung. He had a, he had a lacerated liver. He had a, he had a spleen that was torn up. I mean, it was just a miracle. They did surgery. And after all the surgeries that they did, they put him in a body cast because you can't really put someone in a cast to, to, to heal those ribs. They have to float back into, into place for them to, to heal. So he was in a body cast from his, from his chin down to his mid-thighs. Now, it took him over a year to heal. But as he healed, his body twisted horribly. He was a horrible cripple. For five years, couldn't work, couldn't hold his children, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't be a husband to his wife. It was just a horrible life. And I remember him coming up the aisle so slowly, just an agonizing trip up the aisle. And when he got up, I don't think we even touched him, Leah. I think, I think as we reached out our hand, Leah was kind of holding, had her arm around my waist. And we both kind of reached at the same time. And bam, he fell, fell flat in the floor. When he hit the floor, his body just straightened up.
He jumped up and started shouting and rejoicing, running all up and down, up and down, up and down the church, glorifying God that he'd been healed. Now that man that was healed in that meeting, that was, in the, that was probably 94, 95 right in there. Not last year, but the year before, not this year, but the year before. He met me. He's a member of another church, another pastor friend of mine's church. He met me in the foyer of Pastor Randy's church. He said, Brother Rusty, I just wanted to come hear you preach this morning. I want you to know that I'm still healed. And I still go all over town telling everybody, remember me, I used to be the cripple that couldn't do anything. Jesus has healed me. Amen. Now the other young lady that was healed, we were there about two years later. And in a restaurant, I saw her come in with all that gear on, dragging herself, pulling herself into that restaurant. She had a couple of companions with her that helped her be seated. I looked over to the pastor. I said, is that that lady? She said, yeah. I said, what happened? She said, well, about nine months after you were there, her parents are of a certain denomination in this city. And from the time she was healed until she ended up back in all that gear, they told her over and over and over, you're not healed. That man just tricked your mind. Now, first of all, let, let's throw this out in case I ever trick anybody's mind. <laughs> Amen? If a man can trick your mind to make you think you're not suffering under the effects of cerebral palsy, you ought to go ahead and take it. <laughs> Amen? But, but, but past, the pastor told me, he said, you know, we, we quit seeing her on Wednesday night. Then we quit seeing her on Sunday night. Then she started coming maybe every other Sunday. Then we didn't see her for all, at all. Then the last time we saw her, she had all. Listen, you're going to have to fight to keep what God gives you. You know, in 1948, a great healing revival started in the United States. Powerful men, uh, uh, Jack Cole, Oral Roberts, uh, William Brannan. Of course, Brother Kenneth E. Hagan was a part of it. Many of the great healing evangelists, the, uh, the, the level, that they'd get thousands of people healed. But the statistics on how many stayed healed were very dire. In Catherine Kuhlman's ministry, they kept records and they said only about 30% of the people healed in her ministry actually kept their ministry. I mean, actually kept their healing. Now, you know who had the highest level? Brother Hagen. Now, the reason Brother Hagen had the highest level of people that retained their healing, which is up around 70, 75%, is because not only did he teach them healed, he teach them how to stay healed and keep their healing. So it's like that with everything you get from God. The devil is going to challenge everything you get from the Lord because everything you get from the Lord is a threat to his kingdom. Let me say that again. You need to hear that. Everything you get from God. Listen, all of the effects of that wonderful conference, all of the effect of every service we have here, all of the, the effect of all of the great speakers that come through. We had uh, uh, Pastor Paul Chase from the Philippines. We had Brother Egan Falk from, from Africa. We have Brother Danny Johnson that comes. Uh, we have our own ministers that can minister. Everything you get from God, the enemy wants to take it from you because he knows whatever you get from God is going to push back the darkness of what he's trying to push into a community. So you've got to make a decision. I'm going to keep what God gives me. I'm going to keep it, and I'm going to see it blessed, and I'm going to see it enhanced. I'm going to be blessed of the Lord so that I might be a blessing. Amen. Now, we're there in James. I want you to go over to James. James chapter 4, and then we'll go to, we'll wind up in 1 Peter. James chapter 4. Let's look there in verse 7. Well, let's go, go, 
go up to verse go up to verse 5 It says uh, do you think that the scripture saith in vain that the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy Now that goes along with what pastor Eddie taught on Monday night that there is a spirit in you the Holy Ghost that is on the inside of you. And it lusts to envy. That means it's jealous over you. If you actually read it in the Amplified, that's what it says. That there is a spirit in you. Listen, God is jealous over you. The Holy Ghost is jealous over you. Jesus is jealous. You say, now why do you say that? Because of what they went through to get you. They don't just want you floating out in dead religion or some eastern religion that doesn't amount to a hill of beans that at the end of the day you don't even go to heaven. Why well, you've, you've been bought with an awesome price. I said you've been bought with an awesome price and God is jealous over you. He says it several times. I'm a jealous God. He says, well, we're not supposed to be jealous. Well, we're not, but He is. Thank God He is. I said, thank God He is. It says after that, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now notice that again. Submit yourself therefore to God. Now this is the beginning of how we keep our stuff. This is the beginning of how we tell, devil, you're not going to get my stuff. Amen. Number one, submission. Everybody say submission. Now notice what it says. It says submit yourself therefore to God. Everybody say to God. Now, let me just, I've said this every time we've taught on submission so people will understand it. If you're hard-headed and stubborn, you don't want to serve God, you just kind of showed up here to, to appease your, 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 your spiritual conscience, don't be submissive. Because out in that world, submission is a great weakness. Out in that world, you better have pride. You better have all these negative things that the fallen human experience produces because that's what that world system is made up of. You take God's stuff and put it in that world system, it will not work. It works in His kingdom. So He says, submit yourself therefore to what? To God. Everybody say, to God. Now submit means to take yourself and to put under. That means you're going to have to put under, you're going to have to step under Different things. We'll show you in just a minute what you submit to as you submit to God. That means you take your opinion, you put it under. You take your religion, you put it under. You take your ideas, you put it under. Whatever it is, you put it under what God says and how God says to do it. So to submit to God, number one, begins with submission to His Word. Everybody say His Word. Say His Word. Say His Word. You have to make a decision in your heart that the Word of God is truth and that the Word of God... Now listen to me very seriously. That the Word of God is final authority in your life. Now let me say that again. That the Word of God is final authority in your life. You say, well, what do you mean by that? When the Word of God comes and your opinion does not agree with it. When the Word of God comes and your ideas don't agree with it. When the Word of God comes and your religion or your tradition does not agree with it, that means you set aside your opinion, you set aside your idea, you, aside, you set aside your religion, you set aside your tradition, and you submit to the Word of God. Now let me just say this. That's not easy. 
Especially if you've got a long tradition of something. I'm all, I, was, I heard this, I heard this uh, a testimony at a winter Bible seminar up in Tulsa, oh, many years ago, of a couple that pastored a Lutheran church. Everybody say, God bless the Lutheran. Now, they pastored a Lutheran church, and they retired at age 60. And just out of a whim, they felt like they'd go attend one of these wild Pentecostal camp meetings. So they found this wild Pentecostal camp meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Went to it. Brother Kenneth E. Hagin was, well, was officiating it, was speaking in it. And they ended up, now listen, after pastoring a Lutheran church and retired at age 60, they went to a wild Pentecostal camp meeting. And guess what happened to them? They got born again. You say, what do you mean by that? There's a lot of Christian religion out there that doesn't believe in the new birth. But Jesus said, unless you be born again, you cannot see, understand, or comprehend the kingdom of God. He's saying this. You ain't got a clue about spiritual things till you get born again. They got born again. And during the same camp meeting, guess what? They found out they were called to the mission field. And they went and lived their days out on the mission field, glorifying God, submitting to what the Word of God said in their life. Amen. And of course, in order to fulfill the call of God, they had to submit to the second thing. You submit to the Spirit of God. Everybody say the Word of God. Say the Spirit of God. Now, he said, how do I, how do I, how do I uh, 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 submit to the Spirit of God? Well, you need to pray in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, study the things of the Spirit. But in making the decisions in life, you ought to ask yourself, is the Spirit of God baiting me to do this? Is the Spirit of God, is He urging me to... Like, you know, if you're lighting up a big joint, you ought to ask yourself, is the Holy Ghost telling me to do this? If you're walking in to rob the bank... Amen? You say, why are you using such excuses? Because many times we'll use those as an example, but it's the little things in life many times. You're going to have to ask yourself, is the Spirit of God, is it baiting me to do this? Is it encouraging me to do this? Is it speaking to me? We always ought to stay under the dictates of the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen? Just this week I was, you know, I was just enjoying all of the services and, and all that God was doing. And man, there was so much anointing flowing in here. You could have, man, you could have got anybody healed or set free or delivered. Amen. And you know, I, we have to do, we have to do the, what I call the, uh, the, the upkeep of the ministry as speakers go. We, we give them, their, we give them their, uh, their offerings and they pray over them and do all these kind of stuff. And so there was one particular minister and, and I totally, I said, okay, uh, you know, write out this particular offering check. And I had it in my pocket. I was going to go, I was walking to go give them their offering check. And the Spirit of God said, don't do that. That's not enough money. So I just kept it in my pocket. And I prayed. And the Lord spoke to me and said, don't do that. That's not enough money. And then he told me how much to give him. So I went back, told Leah, tear this one up, write me another one. And then when I put that one in an envelope to send it to him, the Spirit of God said, no, that's what I wanted you to do in the first place. I had to submit to that. I couldn't say, well, I can save so much money. No, I couldn't do that. You say, why couldn't you do it? It's not my money. Belongs to God. Belongs to Him. So I have to be in submission when it comes to pastoring a church to what God tells us to do in my own personal life, in my marriage, in my hobbies, in all kinds of areas. We have to learn to submit to what the Spirit of God tells us to do. Everybody say, submit to the Word. Submit to the Spirit. Then you must submit to spiritual authority. 
Now, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't know, man. I, you know, that pastor, I'll tell you. But let me just tell you something. I had somebody tell me this and really just with tears rolling down their cheeks almost. Big tears in their eyes. Someone from another, another nation. They said, you know, when we come to America, one of the things that cause us great concern is how little honor you give to your ministers. How little honor you bestow upon your pastors, your evangelists, your teachers. I mean, there's somebody with a large ministry in another nation was telling me this. And I said, my only response to that was, I said, you know, it's not just the ministry. It's happened in our nation. It's been going on for many years. From the president of our nation on down. Years ago, a, a president got himself into some trouble and, and all the stuff that went on, it just took that office and degraded and degraded and degraded. Now today, they don't know, nobody even cares what they say about men in high office, CEOs of companies. People openly criticize. They've taken all of the honor out of leadership. But listen, if you're going to keep what God gives you, you're going to have to come to a place in your life where you not only submit to spiritual authority, but you honor spiritual authority in your life for watching over your soul and help keeping you safe and blessed. Now, I'm not doing that to ring my own bell. I'm just doing that to help keep you safe and blessed. Amen? Now, those are three things. We'll look at some other things later, but notice this. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Now, here's the next word. Resist. Everybody say resist. Now, that word literally means to actively oppose. There's going to have to be some active opposition against what the devil tries to do to you. Now, how many were here a couple of weeks ago we took our flu shots? I've had so many people tell me, you know, they wanted me to take a flu shot at work. Or they wanted me to take it. I said, no, I've already taken mine. Well, you have. But now what if you wake up with symptoms in the morning? What are you going to do? You're going to have to resist. I talk about last year. We took our flu shot. Three different times the flu tried to come on me. Symptoms at the most only lasted about one time about 30 minutes. Another time about an hour and a half. Another time I went to bed with it and woke up healed. So I don't know how long it was. I slept it off. He said, now how did you resist? Well, as soon as I felt symptoms coming upon me, one of them, I was driving back from a hunting trip. I was all joyful. I'd been praying in the Holy Ghost about an hour. I'd been listening to Brother Hagin on my, on my uh, 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 thing that I have to listen to all his sermons on. I'm just having a good time. I make a stop. I go into a store. I buy something to drink, get back in. And I feel this, this kind of this wave of this yuck. You, you know how it feels? It's just, it's just kind of go, yuck. And you, got a little, and you can kind of feel a nausea right here. And then you feel all your bones just kind of go, bleh. <laughs> Amen. They're just, they just go sore on you. How many know what I'm talking about? You know what it is. Yeah. Well, I just immediately, I started my truck up because I was in the parking lot of a, of, a, of a place where there was a lot of business going on. I started my truck up. I pulled out on the highway. I got out on that highway. I say, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. And I begin to go through my healing scriptures. I begin to worship and praise God. Thank you that by his stripes I'm healed. Thank you the same spirit that raised Christ. And then I, st I didn't stop my truck, but I stopped there and I said, hold on, Lord, I'll be right back. And I said, now, devil, let me talk to you for a minute. I said, pack up all your symptoms, get all your crud, and get out of my body in Jesus' name. And then I just began to worship God again. I still felt that way. So about another 10 minutes down the road, I did the same thing. I said, now devil, let me tell you one more time. I said, in the name of Jesus, 
Get out of my body. Take your achy bones. Take your nauseated stomach. Take this sinus stuff trying to come on me and just take it and get out of here in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, I started worshiping God. And what happened was kind of unique. I drove and drove and then I cut off the radio. It was just driving. It was kind of quiet. The sun was starting to set. And I noticed, hmm, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. Well, I had to do that two other times. Amen. Listen, don't take what the devil brings to your door. Every symptom that he brings, every thought that he brings of doubt and unbelief, everything that he brings, he's trying to get you to open the door and say, come on in. It's like if you were to knock on the door and there's a guy standing there with a brand new Louisville slugger. He said, I've come to beat the tar out of you. If you let me come in, I'll do it. I'd say, I ain't letting you come in. I'd shut the door. Everybody say, shut the door. Say, shut the door. Say, shut the door. Now, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist. Actively oppose. Now, who's going to tell you to actively oppose? The devil. Now, listen. Don't get me wrong. There are things you can self-inflict upon yourself. There are things that happen to you because of aging. I think the lady that had the, the great testimony, Pat, that gave us this great testimony, they say that that's an age-related macular degeneration. Well, you don't have to accept that. People say, well, you're just getting older. So what? Amen. I heard the story the other day, 82-year-old woman who was an evangelist in the assemblies of God, dying. I mean, literally had gone down to skin and bones. The minister that ministered to her said she could hold her hand up. You could almost see the light through it. That's how bad. She, and she went in there. They went in there, her, him and another minister. And they, she said this. She said, oh, let me die. She had stomach cancer. Had a big tumor in her stomach. Said, let me die. She said, I've suffered so much with this. Let me die. And this one minister said, I ain't going to do it. I said, you dying like this wouldn't glorify God. I said, if you want to die, you get healed, then you die. So they begin to resist the devil. And then they sat down. This other minister came for three days and says, now here's how you stay healed. Well, he had forgotten all about that. Was in a meeting two years later. And here come this 84-year-old woman bouncing into the meeting. And she said, now I was unable to be here on Sunday and Monday because I was preaching in a revival. But on Tuesday, I had my, my daughter drive me down here. She said, now I preach all summer long and I rest and pray in the winter, but I'm so glad you boys didn't let me die. Well, what did they do? They resisted the devil. I said they resisted the devil. The devil, the Bible says he comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. I was preaching this one time years ago and somebody said, that's my mother-in-law. The devil's not your mother-in-law. And the guy that shouted that met me out on the floor and said, you don't know my mother-in-law. It's not your mother-in-law. It's not your job. It's not your boss. It's not the past. It's the devil messing with your body, messing with your mind, messing with your family. You're going to have to resist. And the Bible says he will do what? He will run in stark terror is the original Greek. Flee from you in the King James. Run in stark terror. Now see, the problem is we don't have that image in our minds. That's why we need to renew our minds with the Word of God. So that in our minds, when we say, in the name of Jesus, we see that scam taken off. Taking his symptoms, taking all of his, his, uh, his poverty, his depression, his addiction, his family problems, whatever he's got, he's got to take them with him because you are resisting in Jesus' name. Amen? 
Now, I've got, well, I've got some other to add to that, but we'll pick it up next week. Let's review just a moment. Number one, it is the will of God that you be blessed. Now, let me say this, because uh, this might help break through our religious mindsets a little bit. God wants your loved ones and friends saved more than you do. God wants you filled with the Holy Ghost more than you do. God wants you healed no matter how you've been suffering more than you want to get healed. God wants you prospering financially more than you want to prosper financially. You say, now how can you say that? Because of the price He paid to get that to you. What He did in Christ. How Jesus suffered upon that cross. What He went through in His death, burial, and in His resurrection. To not only bring you out of the kingdom of darkness, but to translate you into the kingdom of His dear Son. It is God's will. Not just to supply your needs, but to give you some wants. Well, people get real stirred up when you say that. But the Bible says in, in Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, I shall not want. Which, listen, and we're going to do this during this series because this will help you. Your faith that is so precious, it's not something that I give you. It's not something that I teach you. It's something that is imparted to you by the Spirit of Almighty God. The revelation of the Word of God that comes into your heart as you study, meditate, read, memorize, and have the Word of God taught to you. It's so precious. It's so precious. You have to realize how precious it is, how valuable it is. It brings what is in the unseen realm into the, uh, into the seen realm, into the experiential realm in your life. So God wants you to get all of the blessings that He has provided for you. He has delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness. Salvation brings you out. But you possessing the promised land begins with you getting the Holy Ghost. Promised land mentality in Christianity points to heaven. That when we get there, we'll have it all. Well, what are we going to do down here? I said, what are we going to do down here where the devil is loose? Where the world system is deteriorating? Well, 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 it looks like everything is going crazy. What are we going to do down here? Well, thank God, the promised land is not heaven. Heaven is heaven. The promised land is everything God has provided for us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Salvation, the Holy Ghost, healing, prosperity, joy, purpose in life. One of the things that devalues people so much is they have no purpose in life. People work jobs, they get careers, they go to college, and they just exist till death runs its course. But God gives you a purpose in life, a reason for living, a reason for living victoriously so that you can affect others with the kingdom of God. Amen. Everybody say, devil, you can't have my stuff. You can't have my stuff. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you so much for our service today. Revelation from the Word. Anointing of the Holy Ghost. Life and power of God. Fellowship one with another that we have. We are so thankful. Lord, as we leave, as is our custom, we claim protection and safety afforded us by the Word of God. Declaring out of Psalms 91, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We as God's children walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Thank you, Father, in our travels, the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways. 
any other way of travel or transportation. We declare our protection and our safety. Lord, we thank you in the righteous labor of our hands, that which you've given us to handle, whether it be out in the ocean, over in the medical branch, up in the oil patch, con contractors, education, every area of work that we do with our hands and our minds. Thank you, Father. We are not subject to trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men, or the devil himself. For in the name of Jesus, we resist his activities. We resist that which he would try to do. And we extend our faith into this week, declaring we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Father, for the door of utterance. Let us ever be aware of the hurting, suffering, those that are without, those that are in fear, those that are in pain. Thank you, Father, that you open a wide door of utterance for us right here on the island, up in Galveston County, everywhere else we go, that we would be an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the adversary, and a miracle in someone's life. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you, in love toward one another. Thank you for Island Church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.